Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Elk Hunting. Corey Jacobson and Elk 101 have put together the most comprehensive course for beginners all the way to elite level elk hunters from beginning to end covering all the bases of planning the hunt to scouting elk behavior, fitness, gear, and just about everything in between. This course, as it's going in my fourth year of going through it, each year Corey makes some improvements. And even with, even if you didn't make any improvements, I would review it every single year because there's so many things to it. It's such a big course with so much information in it that it's really good to, to review it you know, on an annual basis. With the app that, that uh, the University of Elk Hunting has, you can download these videos and take them into the field with you. So, for example, if you have never done the gutless method before for, for taking care of field game of a field dressing an animal, you can take that video on your phone, download it when you have cell service, and when you get in the field, you can watch it. Because if you haven't done it before, it can seem a little bit complicated and hard to remember what a video you watched, you know, a month before the season. So that's extremely helpful. Corey is giving all the listeners, so all of you guys and girls, 20% off of the course by using the code East Meets West. So you can check that out at elk101.com. Also, Maven Optics. Maven has come out with the highest quality optics on the market with a direct-to-consumer business model to keep the price down, uh, about half the price of their competitors, with uh, customer service that is second to none in the industry. They Their company is small, their team is small, and they do that on purpose. They're not looking to become the, the biggest optic company in the world. They want to have the best quality optics and customer service. So they do that through all in-house. When you call with their, they have a full lifetime, no fault warranty. You call with any issues. Um, you'll be able to, to talk to a real person who will be able to help you out and, and take care of any of those issues. So Maven is offering everyone a uh, free gift with any full price optics order off the website by using the code East Meets West dash gift. And with hunting seasons approaching, hopefully everyone's out there using their gear and testing all of that. And a part of your gear should be your food that you plan to take. So Heather's Choice has come out with the highest quality, high protein, high fat. Meals and snacks for the backcountry, for traveling, and just about anything in between. So Heather is offering free shipping on any orders over $99 with the code East Meets West. If you want to just try out some of their packaroons, which is like a little coconut cookie that's healthy for you, you can still order those and help out by clicking on the link that we have on the partners page or in the show notes here. 
check that out at heatherschoice.com. So with that out of the way, this week on the podcast, I have Greg Godfrey from Tethered. So we're going to talk about saddle hunting. I'm really, really excited about this one as saddles have been something that I've really recently looked into probably in the last couple of years, but was really skeptical of it until I actually got to climb into one myself. And I, I think I'm going to give one a shot this year. I mean, it just, it makes sense to give it a try. I'm not saying it's going to work for everything. I don't know that, but I truly think that it could be really beneficial for mobile hunting and through the Appalachian region here, big woods, whitetail hunting. So I'm really pumped uh, to get to check that out and you know see what happens. Um, this past weekend, I was at the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Muster in the Mountains. That event was was absolutely killer. I mean the the amount of people that showed up on it was a beautiful weather weekend after the flooding and everything we had in the week leading up to it. Had a lot of nice weather. Good food, beer, bands, uh, games, wild game cooking, just about everything, and just a bunch of public landowners getting together and you know sharing stories, everything like that. That that event was really awesome, and and I'm really looking forward to it next year. And it's just like I said, it, it's cool to see everyone get together and and also get to meet you know so many other like-minded people. In addition, I have some really cool apparel designs coming out here, some new ones, mountain buck hats, working on that right now, and uh, some other different items that if you are following along on social media, either on my personal page at bow.martonic on Instagram or at East Meets West Hunt, you check that out. I'm going to be putting a bunch of um, different designs up and seeing what people like and don't like. I mean, the feedback helps out a ton. I really like, you know, negative feedback, positive feedback, whatever it is. All that stuff helps. I mean, that goes that way with everything with this podcast because the information I'm trying to put out and the apparel and stuff, I, I want it to, to be, you know, beneficial for everybody and it doesn't help, you know, anyone really if uh you're holding those thoughts in so feel free to, to you know give me a shot if you don't like it or if you do like it i love hearing that as well so definitely be looking forward to some new stuff there trying to mix in with these podcasts a mix of the the whitetail stuff for you know hunting the the big woods and the appalachian mountains as well as ramping up for the western hunting so you'll probably see some more western hunting stuff right now and it'll switch to more whitetail oriented stuff come the you know end of September into October, November there. But still gonna mix up a whole bunch of different things here. So I really appreciate everyone listening and helping this this podcast grow and be able for, and to help me be able to get more people on. I have a ton of episodes recorded including at muster in the mountain that that i was telling you about with bha uh i did a like a co-branded podcast with clint campbell from truth from the stand uh we interviewed lan tawny who is the president and ceo of backcountry hunters and anglers as well as a gentleman from the pennsylvania game commission 
to talk about some of the new you know hunting regulations and some of the turmoil that's kind of came of that so be looking for that in the future and the last thing i want to say before i jump over to the podcast with greg is on the website i just released a new blog that is all about pennsylvania elk hunting application strategy so pennsylvania has made some major changes as i mentioned a little bit on the last podcast with cody rich and I kind of broke down all those changes so that they're easier to understand because it's not really easy to understand unless you do a ton of research on it. So I broke that down, try to help you be able to apply and hopefully draw one of those once in a lifetime tags that we have to hunt these giant bulls here in Pennsylvania. So that being said, let's get right into the podcast here with Greg Godfrey. All right, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt Podcast. Today I have on the line a guest from down in Georgia, Greg Godfrey from Tethered. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, man, nice, uh, nice to be here with you, Bo. Appreciate you having me. We were, uh, I was, I was just out today. I was doing a little fishing. The weather is fantastic here. Hopefully, it's the same up there in PA. Yeah, it's it's a pretty nice day, but unfortunately, I was working in a factory and didn't get to enjoy it that much as as you did i guess but my my brother's just moved out to colorado and he was sending me pictures he's been was fishing all day he was um just got out of active duty in the air force and went out there for gunsmithing school and he's got about three weeks off and he's just traveling and fishing so i'm pretty jealous of both of you (laughs) yeah i lived in colorado for a while i'm active duty army myself and i was stationed in fort carson colorado so i lived there for about three years and man that place is glorious i'm a little jealous of your brother right now yeah yeah he's he's got an awesome place i was just texting him today trying to plan a a trip a long weekend for me to go out and visit so (laughs) there you go you should do it yeah definitely i love that state but Anyways, Greg, so I asked you to come here on the podcast because of the company you have, Tethered, and to talk about saddle hunting a little bit. Think you can help me out talking about that? Absolutely. It's pretty much consumed my life for the past <laughs> better part of a decade. So yeah, any any chance I get to come on uh, come on the podcast and talk about saddle hunting and being being a more efficient mobile hunter, man, I love the opportunity. Awesome. Well, thanks. So if you, if you want to start out by just giving a, a little background of yourself and then kind of your journey getting into saddle hunting. Yeah, so I kind of mentioned a minute ago that I'm active duty Army, and that's where my pursuit of the ultimate ultralight, efficient, um, just super user-friendly system came from. The Uncle Sam has a way of moving you around a lot more frequently than you would like, so I found myself having to learn new areas every two to three years, so, so I hunted in... Um, in Georgia and Colorado and upstate New York and back to Georgia a couple different times. And, um, each, each move I had to learn a completely new environment. So out in the Rockies, you know, it's completely different than where I grew up in Northwest Florida. Um, I was hunting, hunting mountains and hills and, and then even prairies in the Eastern side of the state. And then 
I got to do that for a couple of years, and then Uncle Sam moved me up to upstate New York. Uh, I was up on the northeast corner of Lake Ontario at Fort Drum in a little town called Watertown, New York, which is about 20 minutes south of the Canadian border. And so that was more hardwood ridges, more farmland, uh, more typical uh midwestern or northeastern terrain so yet another uh style that i had to figure out and then the army (laughs) again down to where i am now uh in savannah georgia which now i'm hunting coastal swamp deer uh so i have a lot of experience hunting a lot of different types of terrain and and different different deer in their different habitats and uh it kind of forced me to figure out a system that was really efficient really lightweight and um that's kind of how my saddle hunting journey got started back in 2009 in Fort Carson, Colorado, when I was sick of hiking up and down those hills uh, with the climbing tree stand, you know, cause I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Eastern guy, right? And yeah. a lot of people out West, they don't, they don't hunt with tree stands. You know, they go and they'll find a hillside and sit in glass. Well, that was totally foreign to me coming from the deep South. It was a it was just absolutely foreign concept. So I took my Eastern style of hunting out there. So I was lugging around a climb and tree stand and it worked. I mean, I, I killed a couple of deer and I was on some elk, but it just wasn't very efficient. You know, it's too heavy, too bulky. And that's when I found the saddle back in 2009. And ever since then, uh, when I started hunting out of a trophy line tree saddle, um, and then I kind of just, the, the process started where I was, constantly pursuing like i said just lighter weight more efficient smaller less bulk and uh, and then we get to where we are now with the launch of tethered which is a pretty cool company yeah so when did when did you launch tethered we launched tethered last summer uh last june okay so it is it's still a a relatively new company i'm sure but for you it's been in the works for quite a while Yeah, it's been in the works for quite a while. So it's not even a year old yet. Um, uh, we'll we'll turn we'll turn one year old next month. But yeah, like I said, it's been it's been basically in prototype stage for the better part of a decade. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. And it's funny that how you uh, took kind of your eastern perspective out west, and like it was it's so new to me, you know, when I went out West and trying to, when I was hunting elk and stuff, just like you said, I'm so used to hunting from tree stands and everything else that it's, it's a whole nother world. That's for sure. It really is. And it's, it's fun to, you learn a new skill set and stretch your, stretch your abilities out there. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but you can also be successful hunting from an elevated position out there. I killed, uh, two deer from a tree stand and I was on several elk, um, all from tree stands. And I, I had no clue what I was doing. I'd never been further West than Texas in my life when I got stationed out in Fort Carson. So I, I learned, uh, I learned it all as I was going and I was pretty successful out there. Yeah. And it's funny when you were saying how you were moving, you know, every two to three, four years and you were probably, it was just long enough for you to start and to get in the hang of it. And then you got to move and relearn. <laughs> Man, I have complained about that so many times. It's like, oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause it takes you. So I should know. I, okay. Well, well, I'm not a very good hunter, so I'll just put that out there in the, in the beginning, but it takes me about two seasons, two to maybe three seasons to kind of figure it out. That's what it did in Colorado. Um, 
And then that's what it took me in upstate New York. And then exactly what you just said, as soon as you got it figured out, you've got two or three spots that you have nailed down. You know, you found those bucks living rooms and then it's time to go. It's pretty frustrating. Yeah, I could imagine it would be. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I've known just from just hunting different states and stuff how difficult it can be. I remember even when I started hunting southern Ohio, it's similar terrain than here, but it was it was different. It was not as tall of hills, but steeper. And just figuring out how the bucks move it, it took me. I think it was my third year before I started actually killing deer there. And and uh, but yeah, for you, it, your home just kept moving along with it, so there was a lot of adjustments. That's for sure. Yep. And I, I would agree with that timeline. I think you're right on. I think for most guys, uh, two to three seasons is what it's going to take for you to figure an area out. Yeah, I, I definitely, when I, when I go to scout a new area, I, I call it a, basically a three year plan, you know, by whether that's with running trail cameras and scouting and, you know, in season, post season, spring scouting, all of that. It takes me three years to have some things figured out because you can scout so much and have an idea, but you don't really know how they're moving until you're sitting in the stand or, you know, or have camera pictures, whatever it might be. But that's, uh, that's interesting. So what kind of, I know you said that you discovered the saddle and kind of were all in on it. What made you decide that you wanted to start your own company with it? Well, we couldn't get the things that we wanted. Um, there was a there was a group of us saddle hunters that started uh, Tethered. Um, we we all came from a, an online forum called SaddleHunter.com, and for years we were forced to DIY and hack together the types of gear that we wanted. So we would go and buy an old lone wolf tree stand on ebay or craigslist cut the seat off turn it into the platform that we wanted for saddle hunting we would buy gear that was made for a different purpose and alter it with a sewing machine or you know some, something else in order to make it work for us and we just got to the point where finally there was a handful of us that said you know what screw it let's just bite the bullet and make this stuff and and we won't have to do that anymore. We won't have to find our gear on Craigslist and eBay. We can just go somewhere and buy it. Yeah. Okay. So when you came up with this idea to, to do tethered, like, so kind of explain what, like, what are the advantages that you found? Obviously the size of a saddle, but what, give me some more information on, on saddle hunting and why you've like really dove into it. So if you've never heard of saddle hunting before, um, if your listeners have no clue what we're talking about, uh, a saddle hunting is essentially, it's, it's almost like a rock climbing harness and a, and a hammock, you know, fell in love and, and turned into a, a hunting product. Um, it's a, essentially a replacement for a traditional tree stand safety harness where you would climb the tree and then you would hook it, hook up your saddle like you would hook up your safety harness. And but then instead of sitting on a traditional metal tree stand and facing away from the tree, you tie into your tree saddle in front of your body, and then you sit facing the tree. So one of the benefits that that provides is that you get to hide behind the tree and help it, and it helps camouflage your outline. So the way I typically set up is I will set up where I expect the deer to come from you know, 12 o'clock or let's call it due north. Uh, there's a, there's bedding area to the north and there is a uh, 
cornfield to the south. I'm going to get in a tree and sit on the south side of that tree and keep the tree in between me and the northern bedding area where I think they're going to come from. So now obviously deer, deer, and they don't always follow the script. But if you can set up behind the tree from where you expect the deer to come from, now you can use that tree as camouflage and it'll break up your outline better. That's one of the major benefits. The other benefits are you, you kind of already hit on it, Bo. It's, it's, it's ultralight. I mean, our saddle weighs about 16 ounces, 15 ounces. It's right around there, depending on your size, somewhere between 15 and 18 ounces. Uh, so you compare that to a 15 to 18 pound tree stand. If you're talking some of the lighter ones, like your, your, your typical lone wolf tree stand that a lot of the run and gun guys are using. I mean, you're talking anywhere from 11 to 15 pounds and now you're talking 15 to 18 ounces. So it's a gigantic weight savings and, and then it's also a huge bulk saving. So I wear my saddle in just like you would your safety harness. I assume most guys put their tree stand safety harnesses on at the truck and they walk in with it. That's how I do my saddle. I put it on at the truck. I walk in with it. So I don't even know it's there. There's no big heavy thing to lug or lug in on my back. So it's, uh, it's helps with camouflage. It is a huge reduction in weight and bulk. And then Finally, um, there's lots of benefits, but the other one that, that I always like to bring up is that it allows you to shoot 360 degrees around pretty much any tree. So with a traditional tree stand, you're sitting facing away. Now, if it's a really small tree, you can probably stand up, spin around, and shoot to your 6 o'clock uh, directly behind you. But on a you know a, if it's a tree, maybe a basketball size or beach ball size tree or bigger – you're going to have a real problem shooting directly behind you in a traditional tree stand. Uh, with a saddle, you don't have those limitations. You can shoot truly shoot 360 degrees around the tree. While that might not be uh, a huge benefit to some folks, I've definitely encountered the scenario where I needed to get to that dead spot and I was able to do it in a tree saddle. Yeah, and that's that right there is where I saw a huge benefit in it. And when I was as before we started recording, I was telling you I was up in Alberta, and what I had learned from Jim Hole Jr., who was the guide up there, was he set all his tree stands facing away from where the deer would be coming from, and taught you to lean into the tree, and so you could shoot around and everything. And luckily, the trees up there were a lot smaller than you find in typical hardwood forest you know here that you could shoot a little bit around but you still had limitations and but the reason for him you know setting us up that way was exactly what you said for camouflage hiding movement and everything else and always you know being ready and i just recently experienced putting a saddle on for the first time one of your your tethered your mantis system there and and with ali uh, deandria and nick berger they had um, ones they were trying out and it was the first day they were using that. They're like, Bo, throw this on and, and see how it is. And I couldn't believe, you know, the movements that you could get out of it and move around the tree. And just, it was just so lightweight and it felt natural. Like you said, kind of like uh, a rock climbing harness would be. And it, I don't know, it was just a really interesting thing. And the biggest, the biggest thing I noticed that I wasn't thinking of from you know when i first heard about saddles was the your shot angle or i guess your your body positioning when you're shooting is the way you lean into it 
is you're not you don't have to worry about throwing your form off by dropping your elbow or anything else and that that to me was uh was pretty interesting and definitely a lot of people can screw up those shots that are close range from an elevated position because of their form not being on absolutely it, you're 100 percent right i mean in a traditional tree stand you're standing directly vertical and you have to make sure that you bend at the waist so to keep that proper t-form and keep everything in alignment well with the saddle i mean you still have to pay attention to those things but you're coming off the tree at you're not you're not vertical you're coming off more at an angle and it just helps you keep that more proper form ali actually did a really good job explaining that um i think she did a youtube video on it she i saw her youtube video and she did a good job explaining how that geometry works and why it helps you uh you know it's a little bit easier on your form yeah no that that's that's true and it was funny when we set it up that night we didn't use sticks or anything, just set it up the right off the ground to get the feel for it. And it really only took me probably three or four minutes to figure out kind of how to set it up and, and get the, the feel for it. I, I don't know when I pictured it, I just pictured you just swinging from a tree and that was pretty false when I <laughs> got to, to use it with your, with your platform and everything else there to put your feet on. Yep. And it, another thing that I always like to point out is how much more stable you can get in this in the platform because so let's think about it when you're standing in a traditional tree stand you have two points of contact you've got your left foot and your right foot on that platform that's it when you have when you're in a saddle setup not only do you have both feet on something solid but now you've got your hips supported directly into the tree trunk so it's ultra stable at your hips and uh, i even go so far as a lot of times to put a knee on the tree whenever I'm hunting to even keep me more stable. And I have found that you can get absolutely rock solid positioning when you're, when, once you figured out the system, like you talked about. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was, uh, it was a little different between the, depending on your height, how you set up as far as where you put your, um, I guess your, your rope or I'm not sure the exact technical terms of it, but your tether, your tether, we call it a tether. Yeah. Your tether. Well, it makes sense in the company, but (laughs) yeah, there you go. (laughs) But just the angle of it and everything, you know, once you got that figured out and what, what I thought was also cool, which sure you're going to touch on was just, you can do it from like almost like a standing position or you can lower it and sit and put your knees against the tree, your legs around the tree. There was a bunch of different ways that say if you're sitting all day, you know, if you're packing into, um, you know, say the, the mountains of Pennsylvania here and you're going to sit all day during the rut, I feel like there's a lot more options to stay comfortable, which is w- what was one of my other big concerns was how can you sit in that all day? and be comfortable, but there's a lot of different positions that you can set up in. Yes. hundred percent. Right. Now in a traditional tree stand, you've basically got two positions. You can sit on your butt or you can stand up. Um, that's essentially it. You've got those same positions in a saddle. However, you can, you can sit a multitude of different ways. You can sit side saddle, um, kind of, you know, leaning up against your hips, against the tree, you can straddle the tree. If the tree's not too terribly big, you can sit with your knees into the tree. You can stand up, you can lean backwards away from the tree. You can turn sideways and lean against the tree. There's just so many different ways. That is probably the most common question that, that we get is there's no, you know, as guys say, how can that be comfortable? Well, 
it really is. You can absolutely hunt all day long, no problem. It's not an issue. Um, I totally understand where guys are coming from when you first see it. Um, and if if anyone has any experience in the rock climbing world and they they come, they're thinking that this is a rock climbing harness. There's no way I would want to hang in one of those all day long. But this is much different. The geometry and the physics and the engineering that went into this thing, uh, the Mantis saddle is just it's pretty amazing and it's it's incredibly comfortable. One hundred percent, you can sit all day and be totally comfortable. Yeah, and I was talking to uh, a buddy of mine, Craig, just yesterday on the phone, and he's like, hey, I uh, I saw that you were with uh, Nick and Allie and you were trying out those saddles. He goes, I just ordered one of the tethered systems. He goes, I use the saddle. He goes, I can't remember. He goes, 10, 15 years ago. And he goes, I just remember it was like a big diaper. It was uncomfortable and and it was a struggle. He goes, this new system looks like it. it's really comfortable just the way that it it molds around your body and you can adjust the the leg straps and everything else and and so that that was kind of cool to 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 hear and I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people that were early saddle adopters may um have had more of a negative you know impact from you know sitting all day in one of those older style saddles if that's correct well, that's kind of what I started with. Uh, the product he's referring to is the Trophy Line Tree Saddle, and that's what I started hunting with back in 2009. That was the first one I ever had. A lot of people affectionately call it the camo diaper. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, he's right. It wasn't terribly comfortable. It was, it was really big and overbuilt. I think the thing weighed almost 10 pounds. And, um, I mean, it was built really well. It was just really heavy webbing. Um, big, big patches of fabric that just weren't necessary. And, um, saddle hunting has come a long way in, in, in weight in bulk and in comfort. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. And it's funny, like you said, how it's come a long ways. And especially I, I think now with, you know, I, I feel like in the last five to 10 years, the idea of, mobile hunting has really exploded quite a bit and everyone's looking for lighter weight options to to go in i was the guy that just used a climber for ever and then i adopted you know a, a hang a lightweight hang on stand and stick setup and that's worked a lot better for me than the climber but at the same time i want to be able to or what i do a lot of times is I'm moving. I'm always trying to find the hot sign and just set up. So I'm walking around with the stand on my back and the sticks and everything else. And if you're doing that, you know, for a better part of a day and you're trying to be quiet and everything else, that can get heavy. And, you know, I'm carrying in a, a frame style pack that I use out West just to, because of that fact, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you, you bring up a really good point. I mean, it, each system has their pros and cons, right? But I mean, if, if lightweight is one of the main things that you're concerned about, well, then a saddle is there's, it's impossible to beat. When you're, you're saying that, you know, there might, you know, there's some pros and cons to each, if you had to like figure out like some cons, I guess with it, what would, what would those be? Well, one of it is the learning curve. There's definitely a learning curve to it. And, and there's also, um, 
your your body kind of has to get used to it. So I call that getting in saddle shape. It doesn't necessarily refer to, you know, being ultra fit or that you have to be able to do a bunch of push-ups or run a mile super fast. It's not really that kind of shape, but when you go when you're used to just sitting on a metal seat in the woods and then you transition to a saddle, it just takes your body a little bit of time to get used to the different geometry. When you're hanging as opposed to sitting on a seat, you just get support and pressure in different parts of your of your lower body and it just takes time to get used to it. So a lot of a lot of guys can be a little uncomfortable in the beginning and that's totally normal. Not everyone is. My brother, I sent my brother one of our uh, one of our prototypes last or one of our saddles last fall. He was going to uh, Kentucky for a week long hunt in the rut and he had never been in one before. I sent it to him. He rolled into Kentucky, tried it on the very first morning, and he hunted all weekend. Was ne- he said he was never uncomfortable once. That <laughs> was not my experience. My experience was it took me several hunts of being, you know, mildly uncomfortable to get it figured out. And I would say that it's it's a pretty even split. You know, half the guys grab it, and it sounds like you were kind of that half that you just grabbed it and you immediately in you know ten fifteen minutes you had it all figured out. Um, and then there's other guys that it takes you, you know, a couple hunts, two, three, four hunts where you got to figure it out and maybe you're a little uncomfortable. Um, but in the end, if you, if you put in the effort, you'll, you'll get it figured out. That's one of the cons is that it takes a little bit of time to figure it out. The second one is, is it's not really that, um, intuitive of a system in the beginning. I, I like to use the analogy. If a caveman walked up to a tree, he was in the modern times, he was frozen and he got thawed out and he walked into the woods and he saw a tree stand with a, with a ladder going up to it. A caveman could kind of put the pieces together right then and there. He'd be like, Oh yeah, I can kind of climb that thing and sit on that, that gray metal thing. And I could, ambush game from an elevated position like that kind of makes sense but if there was a saddle sitting there at the base of the tree he it wouldn't make sense you know there's there's a little bit of a learning curve there it's not totally intuitive um so there's a physical there's kind of a physical barrier where you kind of have to get in saddle shape there's a little bit of a mental barrier where you got to kind of learn a new system and those are those are a couple of cons and then the third con that i always like to point out is that you can get a tree stand, a climber, a lock-on, um, pretty much anywhere. You can roll into Walmart and get one anywhere in the country, but you can't do that with a saddle. So it's difficult to try out and, and figure out the system without purchasing one or having a buddy that lets you try one out. So those are kind of the main three cons that I like to bring up, or, or is it, you, you know, there's a little bit of a learning curve both mentally and physically and that it's not as easy to try it out. So you got to have to bite the bullet and buy one and then, you know, risk having to return it or, you know, find a buddy that's got one that you can, that you can test it out. So one, one question, like a a certain tree setup that I have in my mind, and I was trying to figure out how you would use a saddle on it as if you're in like a hemlock or a pine tree and has a lot of branches. Are you still able to use it then? Or would it be a little bit tougher? How, How would that work? Yeah, that wouldn't be a real, uh, real conducive saddle setup tree. Mm-hmm. Um, so even in a even in a traditional hang on stand, so you're going to climb up and you're going to clear out a few branches to make yourself a little pouch yep. inside that hemlock, and then you're basically going to be limited to what, let's say, like you know, if noon, if twelve o'clock is straight ahead, you're going to be able to shoot them from like 
now nah, 10 o'clock to two o'clock, something like that out of the, out of the tree stand. So you would, you would essentially be in the same scenario. You would be really limited to having to spin around and shoot behind you or do a whole lot of trimming. So I wouldn't say that a, a cedar or a hemlock would be a, a really good saddle tree option. In, in that scenario, I'd probably say stick with a stick with a hang on. Yeah. Okay. That's that's just what I was kind of wondering how that would that would work out. Like you said, there's limits to even a hang on stand in those type of setups too. But just uh, w- wanted to kind of bring that up. Yeah, but- you could do it, but like I said, I mean, you'd have to. You'd basically be limited to that same. 10 to 2 except it would be reversed for you because you would shoot behind you which is is actually a really easy shot to make in a saddle shooting to your six o'clock when you're sitting in a saddle is super easy um but yeah you'd be limited to that i'm gonna say so the clock would be reversed in this scenario so you'd be shooting from like four o'clock to eight o'clock something like that gotcha okay what about um as far as the different types of setups that you can do with a saddle um as far as like some people use them without a platform and then other do with them. And can you kind of explain how that works or what, what you found to work best? Yeah, there's basically two schools of thought um, when it comes to what do you do with your feet uh, outside of, hey, is that comfortable? That question is the number one question. The second most, que- most asked question is, um, what do you do with your feet? And there's basically two schools of thought. Do you have a... Uh, what I like to call a pivot style platform, which is a little miniature, like a super tiny tree stand. Um, when when I, I mentioned earlier, when you asked about how how we were making these saddles, and I said we would go find a lone wolf tree stand and cut the seat off to make a little platform. So you can put you can put that mental image in your head. The size about the same size as a lone wolf tree stand seat. That's what we're calling these little platforms, and we'll go in and we'll lock that onto the tree and use that as, as kind of our base. Um, and you kind of pivot your feet around that little platform in order to shoot around the tree. But then there's other guys that like a ring style platform where you would put either screw in steps or strap on steps around a ring around the tree. And then you would kind of walk around the tree as necessary in order to shoot around the tree. So there's two basic styles. Either you kind of pivot around on a little platform or you walk around the tree in a ring. Um, there's pros and cons to each each method. Um, the the one that I like to point out that is the biggest the biggest pro for me is the comfort. Uh, I hunted exclusively from a ring style platform uh, for when I first started from 2009 until probably, I don't know, three or four years ago and probably 2016 ish, 15 or 15 ish, something like that. Um, so anyway, but that screw in step around the tree or a strap on tree step around the tree is not nearly as comfortable as having that little miniature that little miniature platform to put your feet on. And, and also for guys, um, it, it also makes a transition to a saddle setup a little bit easier because you've got that little piece of familiarity with that little platform. Um, some guys struggle going straight to a ring style platform, uh, just because it's a little bit more, it's a little bit trickier to figure out the mechanics. It's not as comfortable. Um, 
I think there's a little bit more movement involved because you do tend to walk around the tree a little bit more. So your body moves a little bit more. Um, so I prefer the little pivot style or the little platform, um, for, for platform option, but there's absolutely nothing in the world wrong with a ring style or those tree steps around the tree. John Eberhart, who I like to call the godfather of saddle hunting, he's been saddle hunting since the early 80s. So he's got nearly 40 years in a saddle and he hunts exclusively from that ring style platform. He loves it. Um, so you can absolutely be a killer from a ring from either style of platform. I just think that the the little platform, the little like our we call it the predator platform. That's the one from Tethered, but um, I think it's just more comfortable and it's a little bit easier to to execute all the shots around the tree. Okay, so where where would you put your bow at if you were in the tree to be the most effective? So I'm a right-handed shooter, so I hang the bow um, about shoulder height on the left-hand side of the tree. So if I'm looking at the tree, I'm expecting the deer to come from noon. Uh, six o'clock is directly behind me. I'm going to hang my bow at like 10 o'clock on the tree. Okay. And then you said you put like, say if you're using like a hanger system, you're going to put that around shoulder height or is that where you're going to have the bow handle at? Yeah. I'm going to have the bow handle at about shoulder height. Okay. So that you can still shoot underneath it and not have any conflict with the bow arm or anything else. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that was a similar setup to the way that we had it, uh, you know, set up in Alberta. We'd have it off to that side so you could, you know, because that's the, the side you're hoping to shoot from, you know, most of the time. And instead of having to go to your, to the the right side of the tree or like say your two o'clock, three o'clock area. Okay. Yep. That, that makes sense. Yeah. That, um, so the, I, I think for me personally, the platform style would be more, fit to use and just from getting to try that out i don't really see any big limitations to it and just it just seems like the comfort would be you know that much more it is there there's not a lot of cons so it it's a little bit heavier um so most of the ring style platform i mean you can get super light with the ring style platforms um really light probably less than less than a pound and a half um and and they're not very bulky so there's definitely some pros to the ring style platform, but the 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 one that the only one that's commercially available, the Predator platform uh, from Tethered, it weighs about three pounds, and it packs up flat, so it's super tiny. Um, the only con to that system is if you're hunting in a bigger tree. My measurement it, that I like to use is like a basketball. If the tree is is much bigger than a basketball at hunting height, then shooting directly behind the tree so like your 12 o'clock can be a little bit difficult because the tree kind of gets in the way and what some what i'll do and what some other guys do is they'll put a little they'll put a strap on step or screw in step off to the left hand side one just one of them on the left hand side of the tree so you can you know move around the tree to shoot on that top side of the tree okay Um, but that's really the only limitation so if you're hunting a tree that's about a basketball size or smaller at hunting height you you won't have any problem shooting 360 degrees okay and and you were saying so so i guess your setup if you're using the the predator platform and the mantis system you're probably looking at like four pounds is what you're looking at there all in 
uh, one, two, three, four. Well, you got to throw in your rope. So you're probably talking closer to about six pounds. Okay. So about six pounds. And most of that you're, I mean, not most of it, part of it you're wearing on your body as you're walking in. And so that's not really any difference than a regular harness that you'd be wearing as far as weight goes. And then in addition, then you're, you're bringing in steps. So you're bringing like a, say like a, like a lone wolf step or the ones I have are the hawk helium steps, something like that to, to be able to climb the tree with. Yep. So you can go crazy with it and DIY some steps, or you can spend big money and get a set of B sticks and they only weigh like seven or eight pounds for the whole thing. Um, I mean, I know guys that are, that are climbing, they're at the tree ready to hunt, uh, under, under 10 pounds with a saddle set up. So yeah, man, it just depends on how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's, that's kind of what I was wondering. I'm, I'm sure, like you said, there's a bunch of DIYers similar to probably the way yourself was that, uh, comes up with some pretty creative methods for it to be lightweight. Yeah. I mean, and it's just like the, it's like the hang and hunt lone wolf guys, right? They figured out, you know, some smart guy figured out that if you put a set of molly straps on them, that you can make it way more comfortable to carry like a backpack. And then uh, the old guy figured out stick talons, and and they created all these ways to make their system as light and as efficient as possible. It's the same thing with saddles. It's just we start from such a benefit in weight because uh, I mean our system is just inherently. Uh, I mean, if you're talking a 15 pound tree stand, which is pretty common in the, in the mobile hunting world versus 15 ounces, it's just right there. It's such a huge savings that, um, you can just make, you can make gains way faster with a saddle setup as, as opposed to a tree stand setup. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, I just, I feel like for me personally, I know a lot of the listeners that hunt, you know, a lot of public land and a lot of areas say in Northern Pennsylvania, where I'm at, you know, there's 2 million acres of public land and most of it is what, you know, I would consider mountainous to hill type terrain. You're hiking in a ways that that little bit of, you know, or a lot of weight savings is huge. And to be able to do that and, you know, say if you're in a traditional uh, tree stand, even in a lightweight hang on setup, like that, you know, that I've pieced together a lot of times, you know, you're on day five of your hunt and you think you need to move 120 yards that way. It takes a lot of uh, mental uh, discipline to want to get down and move it, you know, where something like that is you're wearing most of it. You grab the platform and, you know, throw it in your pack or whatever else. And you just climb down, take the sticks as you're going and, and move to the next setup. Yeah. The heaviest part of your system is now your climbing method. So whatever you're using, whether you're using screw in steps or, you know, like you, you're using your Hawk Heliums. Um, that's the heaviest part of your system. So, and the most annoying part is the climbing system. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm always, I'm always cautious, uh, that I, I don't want to come across that, uh, as someone who is saying tree stands don't work or that they're bad or that you shouldn't use a tree stand. That's, that's not the perspective, that's not the perspective that I'm coming at it from. Um, tree stands, you know, people have been killing quality deer from tree stands for decades. It's absolutely an effective system, but it's not as efficient and it's not as lightweight as a saddle system. So if you're the kind of hunter where you got it, you want to go in deep, you're going in uh, places that are annoying to get to, you're busting brush, you're going up and down hills, you're crossing rock, water, creeks, rivers, 
and you need to make sure that you have the most efficient system, well, there's no more efficient system than a saddle setup. That's where the real big bonuses come from is, is if you're with your efficiency and weight. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if, you know, if I had a, a farm that I could manage with, you know, 200 acres on it that I could leave tree stand set up, then obviously that's going to be a more efficient method. But if you're running gunning and, and you're hunting public land or even, you know, private land that has other hunters on it and you're constantly moving and adjusting to the pressure and the deer movement and the time of year. I mean, that just, for me, I, I just think of like, you know, I have, I can't even tell you how many tree stands, you know, I have hanging in my, in my barn that, that, you know, I take out and I set up, I have a certain amount of time before the season that I could set them up and everything. And then the last probably three years, those have just sat there and I've went to basically one hang on stand and set and stick system. And, you know, now with, you know, wanting to try out the, um, you know, uh, a saddle system, I just think it just makes you so much more mobile and more apt to try new areas and just, you know, kind of have fun with it. I just think it's a pretty cool setup. And, and Greg, for your information, a lot of the, the hunting style that I'm doing here is where whenever I kill a deer, I usually use the gutless method and I pack out the deer. So mm -hmm. when you have a tree stand plus the weight of a deer in your pack, that's absolutely sucks to carry out. If you can shave some of that weight off and to be able to do that. And it's, and the other thing, not even just weight is just taking up space. Um, you know, that little platform's like nothing when I was, when I was holding it, you know, that that'll fit in your pack. You can fit it in there with meat or strap it to the outside, whatever you need to do and just wear your, your actual, you know, har your harness system on the way out and your saddle setup. I mean, that's just, just another thing that, that has drawn me to this whole idea. And I think that a lot of people can benefit from it. Yeah. It's going to lighten your load a whole lot and make that pack out a lot, a lot less intimidating. And also another thing that I want to touch on that you just brought up about the the guy that's maybe hunting private land. I got to believe that most of your listeners are the mobile public land running, running, gunning, running gun style hunters. But think about it from a private land perspective. I mean, I talk with a lot of hunters that are switching over from tree stands because now instead of having to buy let's just say, you know, stick ladders cuz a lot of guys that are leaving leaving setups in the woods all the time year after year they're putting you know an inexpensive $50 stick ladder on a tree and then they're putting a tree stand there right and they're leaving that there so now if you want to transition to being a saddle hunter now all you got to do is leave those steps there you've got one saddle you climb up to the top you hook in your saddle and you're hunting and that does a lot there's a lot of benefits that come from that now all of a sudden you know Mr. Johnny Q trespasser comes on and he's going to sit up on your field edge and sit in your tree stand. Well, guess what? He can't do it anymore because there's no tree stand there. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I keep a lot of spots set up in public land, um, even where I hunt here in, in Georgia. And now I don't have to leave a tree stand up there and to give my position away. Now I can leave a set of sticks, which are a lot easier to conceal um, it's not quite as easy to pick up uh, a set of climbing sticks as it is a tree stand. So you can hide your position a little bit better. And then, you know, Mr. Johnny Q public land hunter comes in and 
he wants to hunt my my stuff that I left in the woods, which is perfectly his right to do because I can't claim a spot. You know, it's public land. And well, all of a sudden now he can't do it. He's got a toad in his own tree stand. So there's definitely some benefits to even what I like to call, you know, the pop around method where you have lots of spots set up and you just pop around based on food and wind. Um, there's, there's benefits to that too, not just the mobile run and gun style hunting. Yeah. And yeah, I guess I, I didn't think of it that way. And, and again, I don't have a lot of experience with that, that style, but say, so if, once you get pretty efficient with it how how long does it normally take you to climb a tree and get set up in it well so well how long does it take you to to just do your sticks it can you you can probably climb a tree so you're pretty proficient with your hawk heliums i'm assuming you can be from the ground to hunting height in what probably four or five minutes yeah. not not very long right yeah so now when i'm at the top of my the top of my hawk helium stick i set my little predator platform which you've seen that thing it only takes about 30 seconds to set that thing it's so tiny there's no weight there's no more hanging on with one arm around the tree while you wrestle this 15 pound hunk of metal up the tree and set it this the predator it weighs three pounds i mean it's nothing you just you just set it in 30 seconds you climb on you set your tether and you know hang your bow so i would say the time savings probably aren't astronomical because you still gotta you still have to set your little predator you've got to set your tether you've got to screw in your bow holder just like you would in a traditional tree stand but but it's definitely a lot faster to set up that predator versus or a ring style platform for that matter as opposed to you know pulling that 15 pound boat anchor up the tree and hooking it up with ratchet straps yeah because i've tried a bunch of methods and the only way that i've found is what i learned up in alberta was um, Jim actually would weld on a little hook to the side of the lone wolf to hook onto your harness as you're climbing up so that you didn't have to pull it up. But that's just, there's a, there's a lot of messing around with that and it can be noisy bouncing back and forth. So the, the biggest, you know, for me, I want to go up all in one shot and, and you, and as you know, as you're talking about this, I'm picturing in my head how I would set it up. You know, I could have my bow strapped to my backpack, setting up the sticks like I normally would do have the the platform I could even hook it onto the side of my pack to be able to grab it off or you you get up and you take off your pack and you know screw in a little hook to put your pack on there get the platform out do that and and again I'm just thinking of how my system would work and and being efficient with it but I think with a little bit of practice you could get that down without even having to you know pull anything up the tree you just That's- go up in one shot so that's what what you describe is exactly what I do. So the back the, the bow uh, stays on my pack, depending on what I'm doing. You know, sometimes I'll sometimes I bring a rope and I'll pull my bow up, but it just depends on the the hunt that I'm executing. Mm-hmm. But I climb up bow on my back. I put my little predator platform. I hook it onto my saddle. There's little molly loops with it we built into the mantis, so you can just hang it right there off your hip. So now I'm up it up at the top of my my last climbing stick, I have everything that I need to hunt right there. I set my predator, which takes about 30 seconds, uh, tie my tether. Well, you don't even really tie it. You just loop it around the tree and hook it in. So now you're safe. Climb onto the platform, set my bow holder strap, put my pack on there, put my bow on there and I'm hunting. Um, it's, it's very efficient. Definitely no need to do more than one trip up the tree. And, and I did want to note too, from a, a safety standpoint, 
you're always uh, tied in because you have the lineman's belt system that would, you know, or, or tether that goes around the tree. And then you go up and then you can pull out, you know, your actual tether that goes around and you're always hooked in at some point. You know, there's no, you know, holding on to the tree for dear life or, you know, even a couple seconds. You're always, you know, tied in, at least from the, the way that I was, you know, messing around with it there with Nick and Allie. Yeah. I mean, if you're a, if you're a guy that hunts spots that are preset, you know, obviously the, the safest method are to set those lines that you hook into at the ground and then you, you slide it up as you go. So you're, you know, literally you can't fall. That's obviously the safest method. But if you're, if you're finding the tree and hunting it the, for the first time, there's no way to do that. So the next best thing is to make sure that you use a lineman, a lineman belt as you climb, which Obviously, a lineman belt isn't a failsafe. It's uh, it's a it's a fall prevention as opposed to like a a fall. Uh, it's it's not gonna if you fall on your lineman belt, there's a there's a good chance that you could still hit the ground, even though most likely you wouldn't, but you could. Um, but that's still, I mean, a lot of guys climb without it, and with the with the saddle set up, you've got everything right there. So why not use it, you know, and make make your hands free to mess around when you get up top as opposed to hanging onto the tree with one arm. Yeah, no, I, that's, again, that was just something that, that I saw that I thought was a pretty, pretty neat. It, it makes it a lot easier. It's not an inconvenience to hook up and go. Cause that's, you're wearing it already. You just throw it around the tree and adjust the Prusik knot as you're going up, depending on how the tree, you know, if it tapers off. So that's right. Yeah, it's 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 kind of we made it kind of idiot proof. You know, there's yeah. no reason not to be safe with this thing because, like you said, I mean, how many times this may have happened to you? I mean, I know it happened to me, uh, and I know I've got buddies that this scenario has happened to. You know, street uh, safety harnesses can be very inconvenient. You know, it's it's four o'clock in the morning. You left the truck. You're at the trailhead. You're heading in. You get half a mile down the road and you realize you forgot your freaking safety harness. Well, it's like then you go well. Eh, I think I'll be okay. Just this one hunt. I'm not going all the way back to get it. So with a tree saddle, if you don't, if you don't have that, <laughs> you're not hunting, bro. Yeah. So you, you can't leave your safety harness back in the truck. It's impossible. Yep. No, that's a, that's a very, very good point. Yeah. I've been in that situation and, you know, and admittedly taken the risk of just Oh, I'll be good. I'll be good. You know, I'll make sure I won't fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody has, or, or they didn't leave it in their truck. They left it at the house and now they've driven 40 minutes to the, to the piece of public they're going to hunt and they left their safety harness at home. I mean, we've all done it. We've yeah. all done it. It's just that with the, with the saddle set up, it's like I said, it's idiot proof. We made it easy. Yeah. So Greg, is there anything else you can think of that we missed that, um, about saddle hunting or anything else that you you think you want to touch on? I, I think we covered most of it, but the the last thing that I would want to say is that, um, you know, for, for somebody that's hearing this for the first time, or maybe, maybe not the first time, but they, they haven't really bought into it yet. I would just say, keep an open mind. There are a lot of resources now on YouTube and on, on the internet with forums, with, with, uh, articles, how to articles and blog posts. There's so much information out there now that if you just will take some time to do a little bit of homework and look into the system, you're going to have a really good, a really good idea of what you're getting into. And if you'll keep an open mind and give it a try, 
most people find that it's a really, really good system. Now, it's not going to work for everyone, just like some people prefer a climber over a lock-on or some people choose a ladder stand and they don't want to hunt out of a climber. Like, I get it. There's personal preferences. It's not going to be for every single person. But if you keep an open mind and you value weight and bulk savings, well, you really need to look into the saddle system because, um, it's just the best thing going when it comes to, when it comes to lightweight and no bulk. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and one thing, one person that I saw that did a lot of good stuff with video is Mark Kenyon with wired to hunt. He's done a lot of stuff talking about saddle hunting and, and then also even the tethered website, you know, has a, the saddle hunting 101 page that you know answers a lot of questions that that you may have i think we covered a lot of those on here but there's you know do some more research on it and you know maybe it'll fit for you maybe it won't but i i think it's uh definitely something you should keep an open mind to like you said yeah and if i can give a shameless plug for my youtube channel uh, g2 outdoors i have done videos breaking down, you know, in the most basic form, every single thing. So you've probably heard some words that you're not familiar with, like a tether, a lineman belt, a predator platform, a mantis, there's all these things and it can be information overload. But at my YouTube channel, G2 Outdoors, I have done, done reviews and informational videos in painstakingly simple detail about every single piece of the system. How do you set it up? How do you climb? How are you safe? Where, how do you tie in your tether? Where should you tie in your tether? How do you be comfortable? It, it just on and on and on and on. Everything that you can think of for a question that you might have about saddle hunting, I have probably done a video explaining it on my channel. I just, uh, as you're saying that, I just went on YouTube and I subscribed to it. So I'll be checking it out and and uh, if if anybody heard a little bit of music there, his first video started playing while I was trying to hit subscribe. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks like you have quite a few videos on it, like you said. So what about where else can people find some information on yourself, Tethered, anything else that you might want to plug here? Yeah. So if, if you're interested in getting the saddle set up, just go to just Google Tethered or go to tetherednation.com. Um, and we spelled it a little weird. We spelled it T-E-T-H-R-D. I don't think it'll matter, but if you just Google Tethered Nation or saddle hunting, you'll find uh, you'll find the setup. But if you want to learn more, there's a bunch of YouTube channels that you can find. Just type in saddle hunting into YouTube, and you'll find uh, myself with G2 Outdoors. You'll find Flinging Arrows. You'll find the DIY sportsman, Garrett Prawl. He's done a lot of a lot of good videos on saddle hunting, and there's, there's a, a bunch of others. Taylor Chamberlain with Hunt Urban. Um, he's done a lot of good videos as well. So there's a bunch of YouTube uh, resources out there that can help you learn. And then if you're on social media, you can jump on, um, if you're on Facebook, you can get on the Saddle Hunter Facebook group and there's tons of really smart dudes on there that can answer any questions you might have. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's funny. Like when you said about spell and tethered, I remember when I first heard it, it was before I'd seen it. And for some reason I kept throwing a Y in there, but like you said, when you, <laughs> when you, when you, I'm like, I, I knew it was spelled different and I was throwing a Y in, in, in between there and, uh, no matter what it comes up. So 
You got yeah, your, it you got your SEO really, stuff figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It made for a really cool logo, uh, spelling it wrong. But then every time we like we're giving out our email address, it's like we have to spell it out. That's T E T H R D. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's kind of a thing. But. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, some afterthoughts there, but yeah, first and, world problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, Greg, thank you very much for coming on and explaining uh, the saddle hunting system and and what you guys have to offer it tethered so thank you yeah man you got it thanks so much for listening to this episode of east meets west hunt with your host bo martonic for more great content and to stay up to date visit eastmeetswesthunt.com facebook at east meets west outdoors and instagram at east meets west hunt if you enjoyed today's episode please review and subscribe and we'll catch you next time